everyone, and welcome back to the King Kong Minute Podcast, the show where we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate the 2005 film King Kong one minute at a time. My name is Terry. I'm Steven. And once again, we are joined by our good friend... Atrick, not a Krusty Krab. <laughs> if, it's not a, if that's not one of your usernames at this point, it needs to be. <laughs> Oh man, we are we're very grateful to have you back, sir. Uh, for uh, this lovely Tuesday, it is. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, today we are going to be talking about minute number fifty-seven. This minute is going to start with a fantastic establishing shot of the wall and the uh, well, basically the village among the ancient mausoleums. And it's going to end with the f- shot of the film crew, particularly Preston, looking decidedly unnerved. And uh, they have every right to be, and more. Yeah. It's a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially because it's being led by a uh, slightly crazy person. <laughs> a feckless blowhard, I think the term is. Yeah. Feck- yeah feckless, uh, for sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I could think of better words if I tried. That's denim, through and through. It is. I mean, shyster was the closest we got so far, but that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I think we really settled on shyster because it was, I think, like era appropriate. Yeah. And because he did a lot more scamming in earlier episodes, now he's just kind of there, living in his scam. Um, I really love that wide rotating shot mm. of the village that we're getting right in the first few seconds. So good. Um, we, even for as little as we see the overhead of the village, we just get a very good sense of its scope and just absolutely how ramshackle it is. Mm-hmm. It's definitely torn apart by time and cause you know, again, it was built by civilization thousand years ago and then merged with this much younger um native tribe that's kind of sticks and stones um but you definitely get the feeling of how old it is again how alive it is how its own character yep yeah and and how diminutive and small the humans are Mm -hmm. on that island compared to everything else on the other side of the wall oh yeah Mm -hmm. um now, there's a quote from uh, the Field Guide to Skull Islands mm-hmm. um, has been established that both of you have <laughs> or, yes. or had at one point. That's mm-hmm. um, said by a member of the fictional secondary expedition uh, that went to the island after the events of the film. Um, it is a frightening and sobering thing to see man reduced to this, pet, this diminutive state. Here, man is no conqueror. He is prey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you definitely get that feeling uh, when you sweep over the village, see how ramshackle it is, and compare mm-hmm. it to the vastness of the wall. And mm-hmm. you can only think of and imagine what life on the other side must be like. Not great, my dude. Not great. <laughs> and, yeah, no, it absolutely is true. And as we will very clearly soon see, um, man is at the bottom of the food chain here. Mm-hmm. Terrifying place to be. And who's especially more terrifying? Go ahead. No, it's like it's like especially for a creature which is so used to being an apex predator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And who's more terrified than Preston at this point? He's the first person we see in this minute. Like, you see it in his face. It looks around mm -hmm. in terror. Yeah. It's deserted. Now, yeah. Now, Preston is the only one here with a lick of, I think, rationale and common oh, yeah. sense right now. Preston acts as the voice of reason for a lot of this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and I do appreciate that, you know, Preston voicing it's deserted, Denim, like, being brashly confident. Of course it's deserted. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you see cut back to Preston sort of looking around, and from his perspective, he sees he's taking in the details of this village. So he sees the emaciated corpses upon pikes, um, mm -hmm. sees the, um, uh, sarcophagus niches, and then cuts very significantly towards a group of freshly speared fish on pikes which is the first radical detail that this is not a deserted ruin dun 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 mm -hmm. uh, yeah <laughs> in fact i'm honestly surprised that there isn't like a musical sting drawing attention to it but it's almost sort of glossed over as like a minor detail um as if seeing is anyone gonna notice that is mm -hmm. anyone gonna get that that's significant <laughs> I think it's also significant that what is significant is like you wish for a musical note. I noticed that like the music kind of drops out a bit at mm -hmm. that point to it add does. a bit of realism to it. In a way, it kind of reminds me of uh, well, another Hanks actor, uh, Castaway, <laughs> Tom Hanks in Castaway. So you got Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks. See, there's the through line. I can do this. Segways are easy. Um, <laughs> but Castaway, there's almost no soundtrack like the entire time Hanks is on the island. Because it, it draws you into that sense of not hopelessness, but, you know, devoid of anything except for it's just you. It's just the people there and everything now is new and they're exper we're experiencing it the same way they are, you know, with no added uh, flavor to make it more interesting. Just the unknown. I almost think it's also kind of meant to effectively build um, dread the same way mm -hmm. that suspense movies will often get very quiet and just be full of dead air before something traumatic happens. Jump scares. Mm. <laughs> the equivalent of a comedian running into the audience and tickling you and saying, ah, you laughed, you laughed. That's comedy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that, that's what it is. Uh, I brought it up in a previous episode, but you can see as Carl's recording, uh, the, the company name on the side of the camera, camera is a Bell and Howell camera which is the same camera that was uh used in the 33 film as denim's camera that he was using to film with so it's pretty awesome yeah and another same... clue that that's this is jackson's passion project mm -hmm. oh yeah mm -hmm. absolutely i mean um up to this point previous in the film we've been able to point out um artifacts that were used in this film that were original props taken from the 33 film mm -hmm. this is Jackson's, like I said, Jackson's passion project. He's, he waited a very long time for him to be able to do this, and then writing off the success of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, he was basically able to write his own ticket and do it exactly the way he wanted. As we've said before, you know, it's like, oh, um, critically acclaimed, uh, critically and uh, acclaimed director who just finished making very three very lucrative and record-breaking films. Yes, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do love that we can confirm by watching the production diaries are also on YouTube, but I don't think all of them are on there. Um, but you know, there's like nine hours of behind the scenes footage 
and I was watching some of it earlier when I was taking notes for this uh, this minute, but that is definitely one of the bigatures, the very large miniatures that they used um, to get that sweeping shot over over the village and all that. Um, but it, but you can see the crew slowly making their way, the film crew making their way through the the village as the camera sweeps over. It's just so so good, such a great shot. Absolutely, yeah. I love it. Um, this this is also a good point to uh, correct a mistake um, that we made a few episodes ago. Um, we were saying that um, Baxter oh, was yeah. not part of the film crew. Um, we did slip up there. We didn't forgot completely that Baxter had gone um, ashore with the rest of the film crew. I mean, and that does make sense. He wants his leading man and his Denim wants his leading man and leading lady with him just in case he's able to get some good production value and gets a you know get a shot in. So to confirm, Baxter was not back on the venture taming dames. This is a plug for our tea public shop where you can get that and other cringy expressions on t shirts. (laughs) Yeah, there is a Dame Tamer t shirt uh, based on the classic Bruce Baxter film uh, that there's a poster for (laughs) the Dame Tamer. Um, Yeah, that's on the tea public store. I don't know. I've always been a fan of the rough trader a little bit more. (laughs) Oh, no. Tribal Brides of the Amazon for sure. They're so oh, bad. <laughs> They're awful. They're all terrible. They're all terrible. Uh, but yes, Baxter's on the island, not taming dames. So horrible frame rate aside for looking at some of these uh, stone bas reliefs, but looking at these, like the uh, the writer in me and the avid reader, um, and the avid or avid consumer of RPGs in general, <laughs> um. <laughs> I really want to know the full cultural significance behind these carvings, um, because we are in the necropolis, basically, of the ancient culture that once inhabited Skull Island, mm-hmm. um, and these modern, um, to, these, to the point in the film, these islanders are now living basically amongst the mausoleums and uh, the ossuaries of this ancient culture. Um, they're basically having to eke out a living in the graveyard of mm-hmm. their ancestors, which is very morbid. Yeah. I really wish there was a full explanation or at least one available out there of what the significance meant like if we can really see i think what looks like either snake or lizard imagery from towards the torso of one of these um wall carvings and it's a lot of this fills me with this sense of like missed understanding and a desire to understand like there is there is culture that was lost here Mm -hmm. and it's tragic to see it is but at the same time i'm not sure i I want to know, you know, I like having it be a mystery. I, I can understand like wanting to know, but if given the choice between not knowing and knowing everything in this scenario, I'd almost rather not know, just have it be scary because I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> National treasure too, Ben. Oh yeah. This is where they slit the throat and cut the heart out. <laughs> <laughs> Kalima. Yeah. <laughs> And it was interesting that mentioning Indiana Jones because it's uh, you know that harkened back you know that's um that's a callback to like the pulp serials of mm-hmm. that time oh, period yeah. that would have been like alive and well in that time period and uh-huh. altered the perspective of uh what Americans thought of like you know you know um especially the the, the those you know, those eastern pacific islands and the cultures there mm-hmm. um uh but then here in this film, you know, we're getting something that is a little more grounded and um, mm-hmm. this kind of takes those 
preconceived views of those cultures and flips them on its head mm. and it's like you yeah. know, it's not like you know majestic or exotic this is you know this is a brutal harsh you know um mm-hmm. unforgiving world mm. and one that you guys have no idea what you're you know no way of comprehending pretty much for sure yeah i do love that um in the drop frames right so we've been heavily bashing the drop frames uh in the different scenarios but i do like it a little bit when used in the actually scary scenarios so i and i only really felt it this time but watching Anne's facial expressions as she looks back and forth and it's like really drop frames and janky i started to realize that if i was in that scenario trying to take it all in all at once you can't do it. You can't take in everything in at the rate that you normally would. And so I can imagine that that's the visual cue for the feeling of overwhelmed. You know, you're not able to take it in everything. So that's, I felt it this time though. And, and I never had before, but this time I was like, I get it. Like she's overwhelmed. She's not quite able to process all she's seeing because it's so unknown so much. I don't like that perspective. Mm-hmm. But not so much when typing S K U L. Oh man! But I I like it here. Uh, we have previously established that in any Peter Jackson film, there's got to be at least one cringe-inducing <laughs> movement at contrast with the rest of his filmmaking majesty. <laughs> Do you think he'll ever make another big movie? I don't know. I think The Hobbit burned him pretty bad. Well, he burned The Hobbit pretty bad. So. <laughs> well, you know, he was brought in so late on. Right, I mean, right. before, up to a certain point, it was Del Toro. And Del right. Toro literally bounced, and then Jackson had to come and pick up the pieces, which is a... two great directors, not <laughs> when they're trying to fix each other's mess. Kind of like Snyder and Whedon's Justice League. We don't talk about that. That's a quagmire. <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about Justice League. We don't talk about Justice League. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. Uh, you're welcome. Well, that is the end of my material yeah, for this minute. How about you, Patrick? Anything else? Um, well, just to add, I think you brought up a good point, Stephen. Like, just seeing Preston's line of dialogue saying it's deserted. Like, what? And that that that. That, 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 made, that, that makes us think what were you expecting to see mm-hmm. um, and point. it made me think like you know just because we, I brought up the, uh, the the pulp magazines like maybe Preston's been reading one too many pulp magazines <laughs> yeah and has a sort of distorted view of uh, you know Pacific Islands maybe Preston watched Ngagi oh no <laughs> oh he's expecting tribes and awful costumes we know that sleazy producer watched Ngagi. we know he did will there be boobies <laughs> yeah 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 exactly uh so bad man. yeah it's awful we we give this movie all of the praise that it deserves i think i think it's only fair that we, we bash it where it rib deserves. it where it deserves <laughs> yeah yeah, no, it's like we, we give it the full treatment. You'd be doing a film a disservice if you didn't point out its flaws. Although, is that the film's flaw? Or, like, it, 
sleazy producer was supposed to be cringy and awful. So yeah, honestly, I mean, <laughs> he's pretty representative of a what I imagine a pretty run of the mill producer at the time. To be perfectly honest, could be, could be. All right. Um. Well, on that note, uh, check out our Instagram. We upload um, digital paintings and just updates on which episodes we're releasing and things like that. So come check us out over there. Um, enjoy the art, uh, which you can also see on the Tee Public store. You can purchase like notebooks and T-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, Instagram, Tee Public. Check out the art stuff. It's fun. I have a lot of fun with it. Great to see. It's a really good companion piece to everything we're working on here. All right. Well, Patrick, think you can join us next time? Absolutely, my friends. Great. Wonderful. Well, folks, you will hear us when you hear us. On the next episode of The King Kong Minutes. Bye, everyone.